Welcome back to the Gentle Catholic Parenting Podcast, where I explore gentle, positive principles of parenting through the lens of our Catholic faith. I'm your host, Kim Cameron Smith, and this is episode 21. I am delighted to announce that my book, Discipleship Parenting, Planting the Seeds of Faith, is now available. You can find it on Amazon, through Barnes & Noble. Our Sunday Visitor is the publisher. They are selling it through their bookstore. And this whole process of writing the book and getting to know um, some of my readers better um, during that process, it was such a blessing to me. And I hope the book blesses all of you as much as it has blessed me so far. Okay, so on to the podcast. So recently, we have been focusing on parenting and happiness. In the last episode, I introduced this concept of the four levels of happiness as I um, read them in Father Robert Spitzer's book, Finding True Happiness, Satisfying Our Restless Hearts. A wonderful book, a rich book, very like full of insights from philosophy, theology, psychology. Indeed, Father Spitzer draws on great thinkers, um, Aristotle, Augustine, Aquinas, from um, some very familiar philosophers, Ricoeur, and even from um, some greats in the field of psychology. So it's a really good book. So I started to look at those four levels, and but trying to kind of like reflect on it in terms of what we deal with as parents. So in the last show, I touched on the first two levels of happiness, and on this show, I'll touch on this the um, the the higher two levels. So those four levels, in short, are pleasure, which is all about meeting some physical need. The second level is winning or success. The third level is making some kind of difference in the world. And the fourth level is self-transcendence. So we really do find some happiness at levels one and two, which we talked about on the last show. But the happiness tends to be unstable or very fleeting. It comes and goes quickly. Enduring deep happiness is experienced at the third and fourth levels. And that is what we're going to be focusing on today. When you're stuck in a level one or two life, you know, when you're really focused on um, physical pleasure and competing, you feel like you're on a treadmill that never stops. You feel uh, generally empty, like you've missed something, like like life is passing you by. Even highly successful and wealthy people feel this way if they don't move beyond those, um, you know, the level one, two happiness toward a level three, four existence. So at level three or four, you're basically rising above the self. You move beyond, you know, getting your basic needs met or or, um, filling your desire for um, you know, basic pleasures like food and and sex and things like that. So you you move beyond that. And you also move beyond seeing others as competitors with you, a feeling like you always have to be the first or you need to win. And you move beyond um, avoiding constraints. When you're in level one and two, you kind of avoid the constraints of relationship, really. Like you don't want... 
you tend to be kind of immature in the sense of you don't want demands on your time. You don't want demands on you. So when you move to level three, four, you begin to look beyond the, you know, the little world of the self, which really is in many ways a personal hell. At levels three, four, you look for ways to make a contribution beyond yourself, right? So particularly at level three, um, you're, you're wanting to make a difference in the world by living in a noble, just, and loving way. At level two, what's good about level two is you're developing an awareness of yourself, like you're looking at your talents, you're looking at your potential, and you, um, you know, you're trying to do something about that. You're trying to like make your way in the world. But without level three in the game, you become a little selfish because you're just focusing on yourself, right? So at level three, you are aware of not only your own gifts, but you're aware of the gifts in others. You're aware of the gifts that they can offer the world that maybe you can't offer, and you want to help them offer those gifts, and you want to encourage them to use those gifts. See, a person stuck at level two would never do that. They see someone with unique gifts as a problem because you think, oh, I don't have those gifts. I, I want to like crush those gifts in them because they'll be better than me. At level three, you, you look for the good in the other person and you want to help them become better. You want to look for the gifts in other people and help them use their gifts. Right? So this is the beginning of self-transcendence. You are moving outside yourself. This is level three. So in, in the last show, I mentioned that I think parents have a unique gift because we can easily move into a level three, um, level three happiness. No matter how selfish or self-absorbed we might have tended to be before we became parents, for nearly every parent, unless I guess they have some kind of a personality issue or an attachment disorder of some kind, nearly every parent will feel like an existential earthquake when they bring a child into the world, when they welcome their child. They feel immediately like they're, you feel like your own life has relevance and significance because that baby is depending upon you for its survival, first of all. But you also, um, you begin to see yourself and your purpose, your role, your priorities very differently. And this is because a child means more to us than anything else, right? We care more about our child's sleep, our child's education, our child's success more than our own. We care um, more about our children's interests. Oftentimes we put our children's interests before our own. We even put their lives before our own. This is level three. It's moving outside the self to, um, you know, do something for the good of the other person. So this doesn't mean that we as parents don't struggle with selfishness. Of course we do. But we catch a glimpse of the great paradox of life of the great paradox of maturing and that is that to know yourself you have to empty yourself to really know who you are you have to forget yourself it doesn't make you know sense until you experience it but it's true you know because i'm a mom 
I really do. I understand not only my darkest places better, you know, my weaknesses, my brokenness, but I understand um, my capacity for love and the gifts that I have that I hadn't no noticed before. Um, and because I'm a mom, the this the kind of selfless love that I feel for my children, my ability to forget myself, to love them, I've been able to love others that same way. Like if I see an, a need or a vulnerability in other people, I think, you know, I'm more better able than I was before I became a parent to just automatically feel empathy and compassion and want to meet that person where they are. Right. So level three happiness does not end there. When you move into this level of existence, you're not only gaining greater empathy and a greater heart for service, but you actually perceive others differently. You perceive others differently. At levels one and two, other people are um, either irrelevant or they are seen as in competition with your goals. You see the bad news in others. They're a threat to you, you know, gathering your goodies or winning the game or whatever. So we would, in levels one, two, we tend to focus on what's um, weak about people, how they're dumb, how they're incapable, how they're insensitive. At level three, you look for the good news in others. You look for the good news in others, not the bad news in them. It's less natural for many of us to um, have this disposition in our relationship. So we have to be very deliberate about it and we have to make a choice to see the good in others. We look past the person's flaws toward the lovely things about them, toward their gifts, how funny they are, the way they're considerate or creative, right? So it's not that we're, you know, blind and we don't notice the bad things about them, but we choose to look past those things to look at the good in them. Um, at a meeting at my parish parish once, um, one of the leaders, um, you know, was giving a presentation and she said something that I, I don't even remember what that meeting was about, but I remember this thing that she said. She said that we tend to want others to judge us by our intentions, not by the effect we have on people. So we want to be judged by our intentions, but we judge others by their effect on us, not by their intentions. Isn't that true? So we want others to judge us by our intentions, but we judge others by their effect on us. I thought this was very insightful. It's very true of me. It was, this is a good insight and it reminds me of this level three happiness because when you are um, trying to exist this level, you're more willing to give people the benefit of the doubt. You're more willing to take their intentions into consideration before you pass judgment on them. Again, some of the annoying things people do are real. We are not wrong all the time about our perceptions, but when we, we stop and only focus on the bad news in them, we fail to see the whole truth about them because we kind of harden our hearts, right? We, 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 we harden our hearts against them. And then we fail to see the funny, the charming, good things about them that are also true, right? So this is living in three and four when you're, um, you're able to look past 
the weaknesses toward the, somebody's strengths. And this is really helpful for the family. Sometimes we treat one another in our family more poorly than we treat strangers. We unload on each other. We, we see the bad news in each other. If we don't take our children or our spouse into consideration, or when we look for the bad news in them, we can't really know them. We're only knowing a little bit of them. We'll be stuck inside a kind of me-shaped box where we're kind of blinded by the whole truth about people. So I think our families can't really flourish if we parents can't find the good news in our kids and our spouse. When we're able to do that, our kids see us doing it, and then they they have a model for how to do that as well. So isn't this level three enough? Isn't true happiness about loving others and giving of ourselves? Well, it gets you pretty far, but it is still not enough to achieve the fullness of happiness. Even level three happiness is limited because we can never be everything for our children. We can never make somebody else totally happy. If we make parenting, giving to others, charitable work our God, we will miss the mark a little bit. All right, so that's all good stuff. But if you're sense of well-being depends on that you are not going to be happy and you're going to be missing the mark sometimes people who need our help don't want it or sometimes the people we love don't love us back in our marriages one spouse will die first one of us will be left behind so if my happiness depends on my spouse being around then my happiness is unstable in some way. Okay, so this is a little insight that Father Spitzer gave. It's very obvious, but of course we love our spouses, and of course we will be really unhappy when we lose our spouse. But his point is that you do not have to stay at that level, that you can move to level four happiness, which is about... um, you know, it really, it's, it's, it's self-transcendence, but it's um, not transcending yourself to meet the need in another. It's transcending yourself to ask big questions about life and what the meaning of life is and what your place in it is, right? So why, are, why, why am I here? What's my purpose? You know, what's really valuable in the world? Is it, what does it mean to live a good life? When you ask questions like this, You're not only looking beyond yourself, you're not only meeting the needs in others, but you're asking questions whose ultimate answers lie outside human understanding. Yet we still ask those questions. We still ask them. We can get pretty close to answering them, but the big point is that the process of discovering some of the answers are part of the answer is rewarding in itself and leads to great, deep, enduring happiness. In the last show on um, levels one to happiness, I read this section from the Catechism, section 1723. True happiness is not found in riches or well-being, in human fame or power, are in any human achievement, such as science, technology, and and art, or indeed in any creature, but in God alone, the source of every good and of all love. 
So I wanted to emphasize that part are indeed in any creature. Notice our wise mother church tells us that true happiness can't be found in another creature. This includes other humans. We all desire perfect truth, perfect love, perfect justice, beauty, and home. But what we're really looking for is God. We're frustrated when people aren't perfectly truthful, when they don't love us well, when they're unfair, when things aren't beautiful around us, right? We don't feel at home. Well, we'll never be satisfied with the kind of truth, love, justice, beauty, and home that we can get by our own efforts or from other people or creatures. We continue to want that perfect form, to long for the perfect form of these things, even if we never find them, we continue yearning for them. And as it is that, that search and the questions that we ask as we search for them that makes life beautiful, that makes life good, that makes life really happy. We are yearning for the perfection of these things in God. He's the source of all of those things, of all the delight we experience in these things. So we experience like a little glimpse of the beauty and home in others, but we'll never find it perfectly until we're in heaven. But level four, it's the highest level because you're asking questions about that. You're, you're, you're recognizing that, you know, your spouse and your kids, although they, you, you are experiencing level three happiness, you're, you're experiencing, you know, the fulfillment that comes in meeting the needs and others and seeing the good news in them. At level four, you recognize that there are even bigger questions than that. There are big questions about your purpose, about our purpose as human beings and our dignity. So as parents, it's important that we find time to nourish this aspect of our human nature that moves us to wonder at the beautiful world God has gifted to us and to spend time drawing closer to God who naturally fascinates us even if we're not aware of it. So I think parents, we should make time to spend time in prayer every day. We should frequent the sacraments. We should spend time in the natural world, which offers us clues about God, because in doing those things, we are, um, you know, we're learning about God, about his sense of humor, his creativity and sensitivity, and we're practicing level four happiness. Just to emphasize again, those first three levels of happiness, the things we desire, you know, food and, you know, um, you know, attaining success, you know, moving beyond the self to um, serve others. Very good. Those are very good things. They're very valuable and will lead to a certain level of happiness as long as, you know, our desires are, are ordered and all. However, the big point is that if we don't include in our lives some response to this transcendent part of us, this transcendent call in our lives, we'll always be a little dissatisfied. Father Spitzer writes in his book, without the fourth kind of happiness, we will underlive our lives, undervalue ourselves and others, and underestimate our full destiny and call. I've talked about this before. I use the term underlive to describe people who, you know, are emotionally wounded. Well, he's talking about spiritual woundedness. You are underliving, you're undervaluing yourself, you're underestimating your call. If you deny your t transcendent nature, it's still there. 
There are people who deny it every day and it is still there. You still want unconditional love. You so you know you're going to look for unconditional love in other people who cannot give it to you and you won't realize why you're constantly disappointed. I have a um a Facebook friend who wrote um on her page how much she appreciates her women friends. And she said, I appreciate my women friends. They love me unconditionally and they're so good and caring. And I mean, I appreciated what she wrote, but that is her longing for God. She is longing for God. No, you. we have a tendency when we don't have God, when we forget God, when we push God to the margins to fetishize our relationships. There's a fetishizing of female relationships in some women's colleges. It's, it's, it's just overrated, like how wonderful female friends are. Women cannot love you unconditionally. Other women will not love, you know, bros, the man bond, a true thing. Women's friendships are very unique and men's friendships are very unique. The friendships between men and women are unique, but none of those friendships can satisfy our longing to be loved unconditionally. No person is going to be perfectly good and caring. So we're longing for God in, in our relationships. We're longing for God. This is also true in the parent-child relationship. When parents look to their children to satisfy their own loneliness and their feelings of you know discontent, or feeling lost in some way. Something will go wrong. Something will be lost for both the parent and the child. It's important to note that you don't move through level three in a separate step from level four, right? So these are, I'm gonna make sure I, um, I, I emphasize this. These two levels complement one another. You can't really experience a true self-gift without some sense of transcendent meaning of life. Do you see? So that's why in the parent-child relationship, some parents can be over-dependent on the child's success or the child's, you know, joyfulness. And so they can't handle it if anything goes wrong with their child because their happiness depends on it, that the, their parenting is basically their God. You can't really experience spiritual growth either, though, without the empathy and self-gift that comes in level three when you're considering community, when you're considering other. So you see, so I wanted to make sure I pointed that out, that they are complementary, they go together. And then, then another thing I want to make sure I don't forget is that we began the happiness series by talking about gratitude. That's where I started. I started talking about how important uh, cultivating gratitude is to living, um, you know, a happy life. So how does this relate to these levels of happiness that we're discussing? What do you think? Where do you think gratitude fits into these levels? Well, when we are grateful for a gift, when we recognize that another person or God has given us something we don't deserve, because a gift is, is never deserved, then we are immediately practicing habits that lead to levels three and four happiness. People who are only worried about, you know, smoking a cigarette or counting the money, um, you know, in their pocket, right? They're closed in on themselves. But when the smoker kicks the habit 
and 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 um, thanks a friend or feels gratitude for to a friend who helped them, when they're really recognizing, you know, the patience in the friend helping them along and they're you know kicking the habit or whatever, you're recognizing the other person you're recognizing the gifts that other person has given you you're recognizing gifts that they gave you that you didn't merit but that he gave you anyway right and we we do this when we are grateful like you know if you're collecting all the change in your pocket but suddenly you recognize that all of your money all your talents your skills they are gifts from god you're experiencing level four happiness you're recognizing the great other the great gift giver so the practice of gratitude in our lives is one of the most powerful ways we can experience the peace and joy and delight and wonder that come with levels three and four happiness, right? It all fits together nicely. Okay, so I've blabbered on for much too long here. So let's just leave you with the big picture. These levels of happiness, I know they're very, um, um, a little heavy. And I've really only scratched the surface. I think the big idea that I want to leave you with is this. As parents, we are so blessed to have daily reminders that, that um, you know, about what is truly important in life. It's really easy to get caught up in the kind of superficial consumerist culture that we live in or to get, you know, um, dragged down in the need to feel admired or popular um, are successful, but the more you grow emotionally in level three and spiritually in level four, the more you see how empty and lonely you feel when you're kind of bogged down there in levels one and two. You are meant for more. Your families are meant for more. So that is it for today. You can read show notes for this podcast on my website, Intentional Catholic Parenting. There you'll find articles linked to research on parenting and child development. You'll also find links to connect with me on social media. Pray for me as I will for you. God bless. Have a great day.